Hello and welcome to episode 158 of the Thinking LSAT podcast in Los Angeles. I'm Nathan Fox. With me in Vienna, Virginia is Ben Olson. Ben, what's uh, the latest from the East Coast? You're not going to get hammered by the hurricane, are you? No, I just saw an update, actually. It's going south, apparently. So Okay. We'll get rain, but... But DC is not going to get bashed with the brunt of the hurricane? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I saw pictures of Trump in the White House, in the Oval Office, with looking at some uh, some printouts of the <laughs> hurricane. So <laughs> he's, he's Why on Why do it. they have to do that? <laughs> oh, I feel so much better now. Yeah. Oh, it's good to know. Yep. He's watching Trump the pictures. Trump and Pence, are, they're, they're, they've got their disaster response just ready to go. So, so is my 12-year, you know, my... 12-year-old son. Actually, I don't have a 12-year-old son. <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's see here. Thir- 11. <laughs> he's looking at the pictures, too. Oh, he's monitoring it? Yeah, he is. And so, you know, we're good. Great. Okay, great. I'm, I'm, glad, everybody's, uh, I'm glad everybody's watching it. Um, today on the show, we have uh, some... Uh, some uh, boy, we're going to have to get into the accommodations issue again, Ben. Um, oh, man. Everybody should brace themselves <laughs> for... For this, we're going to talk about accommodations a little bit. Um, we are going to talk about an interesting tuition offer from Nebraska Law. We have an update from a listener who is testing the LSAC's new um, online writing sample deal. We um, have these <laughs> these law schools just love sending out these silly uh, good luck on the LSAT emails. And yeah. they're always really fun to mock. So we'll we'll look at one of these uh, law school good luck emails. We have a question about when to apply, and we have oh boy, we might get to do another personal statement, Ben, if we if we get there. Oh, okay. This has turned out to be our most popular segment of the show, <laughs> in which we just rip the shit out of people's personal statements. Um, you know, while we're on that topic, I guess we should talk about our personal statement review product. We haven't talked about this in a while. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the deal. We um, have doubled our price because they turned out to be much more uh, in demand and much more work than we had anticipated. And uh, so we upped the price from $995 to $1,995. And we still think it's um, a screaming bargain compared to a lot of the other products that are out there. Um, we promise that we will do our best on it and we will help you with your personal statement. But that's the price. Um, we just didn't want to lower quality and uh, we were going to have to do that if we kept it at the old price. And You want to say anything more about that? Yeah, I would just add that that's exactly what happened. I mean, we're getting all these requests and we're going over them. And I just can't say yes to a personal statement that's just not quite there. Right. right? So we keep working on these personal statements and so they end up taking longer. I mean, we could just say, oh, that's great, but that's not what we want to do. So, Yeah, we have um, high standards and we're not going to – I mean, we're, we're just not going to – neither of us are going to read it and go like, yep, that's good. You know, just thanks for paying us. Bye now. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the way we do business. So, um, yeah. And, and in order to give it the uh, attention that it really deserved, we just had to, we had to make it a little bit more expensive. So that's at thinkinglsat.com if you are interested. Um, anyway, before we get into the uh, details of the show, remember you can email the show help at thinkinglsat.com and we miraculously now have an agenda that is manageable all of a sudden because uh, our gatekeepers are doing such a great job of uh, helping to manage that agenda. So keep your emails short and sweet, please. Um, 
you know, ask questions, bullet points are good. Um, less words is much better, <laughs> but please email help at thinkingelsad.com and you will, uh, get on the agenda. Potentially we have 859 members now in the thinking else podcast group on Facebook. So go to Facebook and look for thinking else podcast group. If you want to join in, uh, the fun, um, I use Twitter. I'm at in Fox. Ben is on Twitter at Olson Benjamin and the show is on Twitter at thinking else at, if you want to get updates from the show. Um, you can check us out there. You can also visit strategyprep.com and foxelsat.com to learn about our individual services, including live classes in DC, LA, San Francisco, and we have all sorts of online and one-on-one options. Um, yeah. ready to dive in? Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, wait, before we do that, what do we want to say about the demon? I know that our developers are doing another sprint today on the demon to make it better. Yeah, they are working on it right now. Sweet. Uh, the changes that we talked about yesterday, I'm excited about some of, a lot of this stuff is behind the scenes. You can't see what we're doing to the algorithm that's tracking your progress and so forth. So if you're using the demon right now, you may not notice a whole lot of differences, but we're excited about the changes so that we can get to know you better and, uh, what your strengths and weaknesses are. So I'm excited about those, so, even if they're not as visual. Yeah. yeah. So lsatdemon.com sign up for a free trial and uh, get cracking. You can study LSAT questions on the go and the tool will learn about your strengths and weaknesses and um, it's going to get better and better over time. So LSATdemon.com, sign up for for that. Um, And let's talk about Chicago. We are coming to Chicago soon, about a month away, October 20th and 21st in Chicago. That'll be all day Saturday, all day Sunday, Good times and LSAT instruction in in Chicago. I love yeah. I love being in the classroom with you, Ben. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, people should go to. Uh, do you have the URL for that? Yeah. So it's at if you go to thinkinglsat.com, you'll you should find it on the sidebar there. But you can also go to thinkinglsat.com forward slash blog forward slash Chicago. And that will take you right to where you can sign up. It's $395. We'll ship you some materials now that you can start studying with and track your progress in the score tracker and get access to videos before the class even starts. And I'm excited. Yeah, I love teaching with you. It's great to go back and forth and really fill out what we have or what we have to say, I guess, about any question that comes up. Yeah. Right. So when people ask questions in class, it's I give my standard answer and I pat myself on the back and feel good about it. And of course, then you chime in and add something else. And I feel like it mis- makes the class a fuller experience. Yeah, it's just fun. I mean, I, I get to learn things from you and um, we get to, yeah, we get to, you know, banter a little bit about the questions and, and uh, <laughs> the pronunciation of various words. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's good times. Um, I, both of the New York classes went really, really well. And uh, we're going to have to go back to New York next year sometime. But mm-hmm. for now, we're taking it uh, on the road to Chicago and we need to start looking for another, another, Maybe somewhere even more out west, somewhere warm. Yeah. We need to think about going for January or February. So we'll... I'm leaning towards Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Vegas could be fun. Um, Vegas in like maybe February, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll get people talking on the Facebook group about that, and we'll make a plan for for uh, road shows next year. Cool. Um. All right. This first email. You want to dive into it? Sure. Oh, we're just. 
diving into hot lava. Is that the plan? I think this is the uh, accommodations email. Yeah, let's get let's get let's get to it. This is big. <laughs> I mean, it, this shit's big, man. Like we probably are talking ourselves out of a job, but whatever. We got to okay. be honest. Let's do it. Sure, Nathan and Ben. During your la- latest podcast episode, which was one fifty-seven, you answered an email from someone regarding their approximate twenty-point improvement after an extra time accommodation and whether or not they needed to explain their improvement to prospective admissions offices. They do not. You subsequently discussed the recent increase in accommodation requests, the ease of obtaining requested accommodations, and even referred to the system as, quote, broken. Not the first time we've said that, by the way. Yep. Yep, yep. To further illustrate the broken system, below is LSAT data from the two most recent application cycles. The most recent cycle saw a 26% increase from about 6,300 people to about 8,000 people in the 165-plus applicants. So basically, okay, there's about 1,500 more people applying who are scoring above 165. To put this in perspective, there are approximately 4,000 total 1L spots available in the T14 schools this year. Okay. Um, It's safe to say that 1,600 more 165-plus-ers in the applicant pool will make it significantly more difficult to achieve the T14. And at the super high end, there were... 278 more, 175 or higher applicants than a year ago, an increase larger than the number of total first-year students at Yale or Stanford. Okay, those are a lot of numbers there, but bottom line is that we have about 1,600 more applicants who are scoring above 165 and about 300 more applicants who are scoring above 175 compared to last year. Now, this could have to do with accommodations. This could also just have to do with the fact that people are going back to law school because they hate Trump or whatever is going on, right? And it's drawing in people who are higher scores. Yep, we don't know. That won't stop us from randomly speculating. But let's get through the email, and then we'll start our speculation, or I will anyway. Sure, yeah. I am highly skeptical of the spin by the LSAC and, and law school PR departments that this is a sign that the best and brightest students are returning to law school because the STEM fields would vehemently disagree. Vehemently? Vehemently. Vehemently. Yeah, it's not a word I say very often. Vehemently disagree. Okay, strongly disagree. However, if this LSAT trend continues, everything from admittance to scholarship offers is going to get increasingly more difficult. As LSAT instructors, you both should explain this extremely competitive competitive environment to your students and see if it causes them anxiety. Is that is that the reason for explaining it to them? Yeah. <laughs> if it does, tell them to mention their anxiety to a doctor and then ask the LSAC for an extra time accommodation because they're probably going to need it. Greg. Huh. That's funny, Greg. And actually a real possibility. Um, Okay, so then we have some numbers here. Okay, he's just showing the numbers that we just read, so I don't think we need to go over those. But. Yeah, I mean, the short of it is in the last applica- in the in the 2018 application cycle, mm-hmm. there was a 29% increase in 165s to 169s 
a 17% increase in 170s to 174s and a 70% increase in 175s to 180s. Yeah, which is interesting because if you look at the other numbers, they actually go, they aren't going up as quickly or they're even going down. Yeah, it was an increase over, it was an increase across the board, slight, Mm -hmm. slight increase across the board, but the numbers were just higher, right? It's skewing higher. Mm-hmm. So there was actually a, sure. a small decrease in the number of people applying with less than a 140, which, oh my God, if you're applying with less than a 140, <laughs> what? Um, yeah. But, but those people, um, that was a 2%, like small decline. And then it was flat in the 140 to 144 range. It was 4% improvement or increase in the uh, 145 to 149 range. And then then we start seeing, well, like a 6%, 7% in the 150s. And then a 160 and above, there's just like, they're piling on. All of a sudden we're getting, you know, there's a thousand more applicants in the 160 to 164 range, a 16% improvement mm-hmm. or increase. Yeah. And then big yeah. increases um, in the 165 and higher, especially the huge increase in 175 and higher. And that's yeah. what really made me think about accommodations. <laughs> and it obviously made sure. Greg think about accommodations too. Yeah. We've talked about this um, frequently on the show, and we don't have hard data on it. We have anecdotal data. But in my, my students over the last few years, it has not... not been an increase in the number of best and brightest (laughs) that are piling into law school of of people who have scored 175 or higher. That's, that's Mm -hmm. rare. You know, we've got there's nationwide, it's only 683 people who had 175 or higher for the entire year, for the entire year. And some of those are my students, Mm -hmm. but of the handful of those who worked with me, about half of them were getting accommodations. Yeah. So that's anecdotal. And Ben, does your anecdotal data match that? Uh, I think it does, actually. I hadn't really thought about it too much, but I would say for sure that the number of students getting accommodations has gone up. I know this because... Uh, on Saturdays when we host practice exams, there are always a handful of people who are getting uh, accommodated timing, whereas in the past, that was never the case. Um, maybe one student every other semester. How, how do you accommodate that? When Do you, you have a, like a separate room for people? Separate room. And another yeah. proctor? Or you just have one proctor? Do uh, the same proctor okay. running around. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so there are, there's definitely an uptick in the number of people who get accommodated time. Uh, and their scores, not surprisingly, jump up once they get that accommodated time. So they're going from, they're going to totally different score ranges, right? When they walk out with that extra time. And yeah. So I, I, I don't, I'm not surprised. One thing I'm thinking here is Greg sent us this data. And it's the the total numbers. Doesn't LSAC separate this out? I, I thought for, we'd seen in the past some data that showed the number of 
uh, test takers who had accommodations and the number of test takers who didn't and yeah, so we're, forth. Yeah, we are going to be able to find that uh, information at some point. I mean, I, we don't have it in front of us right now, but th- they do tell, yeah. they, they, they give a report on how many people are applying with accommodations. And we, last time we talked about it, there was a big spike, obviously, in the number of people mm-hmm. that are getting accommodated. But um, I am, you know, virtually certain <laughs> that that there's going to be an even bigger spike right now. The next time that mm-hmm. information comes out, there's going to be an even bigger spike in accommodated students. And I, that, again, that's just from anecdotal e- evidence. But yeah. I know that, you know, I, hear, I have students all the time now telling me that they got accommodated. Mm-hmm. And some of these people have completely legitimate cases and some of these people have not legitimate cases at all uh, getting extra time. Yeah, at least as far as we... <laughs> as pseudoscientists would understand them. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I have students who have just explicitly told me like, this is bullshit, but I'm going to get extra time. Yeah. And I just they go, talk to a doctor and the doctor says, sure. Yeah. And I just go, okay. Like, Hey, <laughs> it's your deal. It's your life. It's your, you know, that's between you and that's if you can sleep at night. Like it's not me to between you and who Nathan. <laughs> yeah. You and your maker. If you believe in that, um, you know, so it's like, uh, no, I mean, as people think I'm super judgmental, but I'm, I'm not judging you for that. Like that's the game. And, um, I don't want to be a lawyer and I'm not getting into the, you know, I'm not getting into it. So if you want to go do that to get extra advantage by all means, I mean, apply for accommodations, you're going to get them. Yeah. I had a I had a guy yesterday with a very very uh like a clear case, okay? Like this dude is like having chemotherapy and he's been treated for depression and he's he's got all he's got all you know various issues um that fully justify getting accommodated um timing and he's a super nice guy and everything and I'm 100% on his team. Anyway, he emailed me and was like asking me you know, should I apply for um 50% time or should I apply for 100% mm. time? Yeah, I get that question a to, lot. To be safe, he was asking. Like he said, you know, what mm-hmm. what should I ask for to be safe? Like because he was worried about not asking for too much or whatever. Yeah. And my response was just apply for whatever you want because you're going to get it. You're going to get it. I haven't heard of anyone getting denied. The only denials I've heard of have to do with people who applied late. Yeah, like or didn't follow the directions. Yeah, didn't follow the directions, didn't have adequate documentation, but as soon as they got that, they got approved. Yep. Um, okay, here comes my random wild speculation. Ready? Okay, I'm ready. Yesterday when I saw this email from Greg, I looked at that 70% increase in the number of people who are scoring 175 or higher. Mm. And my gut reaction was that at least 50% of that is uh, you could attribute to... Um, accommodations. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I I bet you're right. Okay. I mean, one thing you have to think about here is that people shoot for this score range all the time, right? How many people come to you and they say, oh, you know, I I just hope to break 175. It's like, first of all, no, you have to understand (laughs) you're you're getting in the 0.1 percentile. We're not talking about the, the, the top 1%. We're talking about the top 0.1%. Um, I'm not saying you can't do it. I don't know you, but really like, are you the top 0.1% in anything else in your life? Right. This is, 
this is like becoming an elite Olympic athlete. So uh, chill out and realize that it's okay to get in the high 160s and you're still doing very, very well and you're better than 90% of the rest of test takers uh, in any case. So yeah, to see this jump in such a, a high range of scores is just unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And and I and I have to once again, I mean, I, the, the the law schools claiming that this is like, oh, that's because all of the smart people have decided to come back to law school. Mm-hmm. That ain't what's happening. I mean, that might that, There's definitely more people <laughs> applying to law school yep. maybe because they hate Trump, but yeah. Yep, but yeah. It, but it's not like all of the, you know, people who have science and math potential. This isn't people that are like not doing STEM because they want to, (laughs) they want to go to law school. This is, Mm -hmm. um, this is a wave of applicants for whatever reason, but it's also, um, accommodations has a big, has, has a big role to play here. (laughs) There's, there's otherwise there would not be this wave of 175 pluses. I mean, it's like when the the first thing I say, when someone says, Oh, my practice test score, you know, I ask people what their scores are when I first meet them. What's your, Oh yeah. What are your practice tests lately? And someone says, Oh, well, uh, you know, 176 on my most recent practice test. And like, it's like (laughs) the first thing I think now is like, Oh, are you getting accommodations? Yeah. Because Did you do that timed, <laughs> yeah, right. Because it's just yeah, you know, you give a smart person um, time and a half, or you give a smart person double time, and all of a sudden, yeah, they can start getting these elite scores. So, uh, yeah. to me, this looks like dilution of the applicant pool more than like, oh my god, wow, look how strong the applicant pool actually is. Mm-hmm. But okay, enough about that. Enough about that. All right, moving on. Uh, Ben and Nathan, please see the email below. This is an interesting offer unlike any I've heard about on the podcast before. Nebraska is offering in-state tuition to anyone with a 156 and a 3.0. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Best will. So here's the email from Nebraska Law. It says, when selecting a law school, what is most important to you? Would you prefer to go to the most highly ranked school regardless of cost? Or would you rather attend a school that is more affordable? For most students, the answer is somewhere in between. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's the first paragraph. Nebraska law offers a high quality education for an affordable price. Students who are admitted to Nebraska law with a minimum LSAT score of 156 and an LSAT calculated GPA of 3.0 or higher will receive a scholarship that pays the difference between non-resident and resident tuition. That means you'll be paying one of the lowest tuition rates in the country. It's also important to note that our educational outcomes rank with some of the best in the nation. Just take a look at our bar passage and employment rates. This combination means you will have choices. You can choose how you will solve the problems you care about most and not worry about landing the job you need to pay off your loans. You can choose where you will practice law and know that your Nebraska law degree will be respected. We know that choosing a law school can be tough. Let us show you why Nebraska law is right for you. 
Okay, so now we have to do the magic search term, which, by the way, is ABA509, and then the school name. So that's Nebraska. I've never really thought about Nebraska law before, have you? No, although someone last night at our post-LSAT drinking party suggested that I go to Omaha, Nebraska for a weekend getaway. I would like to go to the Berkshire Hathaway um, meeting one time in my life. That would be fun, which is in Omaha every year. Hmm. Buffett always calls it Woodstock for capitalists. That's been his long-running joke. Um, Let's see. Nebraska law, LSAT percentile, 25th percentile, 154, 75th percentile, 158. And the, what did they say for this? 156 is the magic number. Um, yeah. And then undergraduate GPA, 25th percentile, 3.4, and 75th percentile, 3.85. Wow. So they're accepting people, or they're offering this to people below the 25th percentile for GPA. Yeah. I mean, what they're saying is if you're a mediocre applicant compared to our applicant pool, we will offer you in-state tuition. But so the reason I really wanted to look at this is because I want to see what the in-state tuition is. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. Okay. So full-time in-state tuition, $15,645. Compare that to the non-resident tuition of $35,840. All right. It's already cheap. Compare, I mean, relatively, <laughs> yeah, thirty five thousand is cheap relative to the fifty or fifty five or sixty thousand that some schools are exorbitantly charging. Sure, uh, thirty five though is not at, like objectively cheap. It's not. <laughs> it's relatively cheap to other law schools, but it's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, resident tuition of only fifteen thousand six hundred. What do you think? Well, I guess. Um, you still have to realize that you're paying 15,000 as opposed to going for free, maybe somewhere else. Right. Do you want to live in Nebraska too? I mean, that's the main question. So to me, when, when I hear Nebraska law school, I think, okay, this is a law school that's a regional law school and therefore targeting people who live in Nebraska or want to work in Nebraska, in which case aren't most of their applicants in state students anyway and if that's the case who's this offer really for (laughs) yeah i mean right if you end up taking advantage that's in scare quotes advantage of this (laughs) offer you are paying sixteen thousand dollars a year for a mediocre jd in nebraska yeah if you already live in Nebraska, sure, but in that case, it doesn't apply to you because you're already getting in-state tuition. If you live in one of the, you know, like maybe you live in Iowa mm-hmm. and you decide to take this offer, I guess. But I mean, you know, think about who you are. You're like a 3.1 GPA with a 156 and you're now going to go pay $15,000 a year. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it. If it was my money, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. By the way, grants and scholarships, very useful area of the 
509 report. Mm. If you just peek at the uh, grants and scholarships here for Nebraska, you'll see that last year, 17% of the class was on a full tuition scholarship and another 26% was on more than full tuition scholarship. Whoa. So you add those two together and you get 43% of the class that was there on full tuition or full tuition plus. And so now think about how that offer looks if you're going to just be there paying the resident tuition. You know, not so great. No, no, not when you're paying when 43% of the class is paying nothing. And now you're paying $16,000 a year times three. You know, you're still paying $50,000 by the time you get out of there just for tuition. So wait, here, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, I want to figure out, I don't know that we can do it right now, but for maybe the top 14 or something like that, schools that are at least more interesting to people, even Nebraska, <laughs> take the, the the numbers that you just looked at right there and say, okay, so 43% are not paying anything, and some are actually getting paid something. I want to figure out what the the cost per student must be or what they hope to bring in per student. Because if you take the total amount of money that they're getting and you divide it by the number of students, um, whatever that number is, maybe mm-hmm. it's 10,000, maybe it's, well, for, it sounds like for Nebraska, it's going to be somewhere around 15, maybe, um, maybe lower. I don't know. But in any case, whatever that number is, uh, that number is apparently a profitable number. Mm-hmm. And so then assuming that they probably want to bring in twice as much per student as they need to pay per student. Uh-huh. I'm just curious what the you know cost per student is for a law school. So that yeah. once you know that cost, then you know exactly how much each uh, offer is making off of you yeah. as I, an applicant. Right. I think that the... This must be for at least some schools, um, you know, like the the UCs or any state school, I would think um, there must be some public information on this. They have to probably be pretty transparent with their books. Sure. Yeah. So we could just see the total revenue. I, yeah. I would think that you probably can see like a cash flow statement for some of these public institutions. So, but if rather anyone, than us doing that yeah. work, why don't we let the listeners... Um, yes. Yeah. So email us or email help at thinking else at if you, uh, if you get, you know, um, you want to dig into this a little bit for us, uh, we'll give you a shout out on the show and, uh, just try to figure out what the actual, um, revenue per student is at any school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're right, Ben. Cause then if you, I mean, it's going to be much more reasonably, it's going to be like something like that $15,000 number. Mm-hmm is is the revenue per student and then that's a profitable has to be a profitable number because they're not running these places at a loss Mm -hmm. um yeah and then then you'll realize how just how insanely exorbitant it is if you're actually paying 40 or 50 or whatever (laughs) when you're paying the full (laughs) ticket price i mean they're making so much money off of you yep it's just it's it's insane yeah well we've said it before but you're the uh scholarships scholarship e um, benefactors, right? Like yeah, you're, you're paying that much. Absolutely. Yeah. You, what did we call it? I can't remember. I like benefactor though. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you can look around, you can proudly look around the room in your one L lecture 
And you could just think about, you know, there's at least one other person in there, maybe two that, that are there because of your generosity. <laughs> You're bankrolling them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like you could give them a t-shirt to wear or something because, you know, you're already paying their tuition. So you might as well get a little sponsorship. Maybe they'll wear like your, your, your logo or something. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you, uh, yeah, you're paying not only your tuition, but <laughs> someone else's tuition too. Oh my God. Don't do it. Don't pay tuition to law school. This, these places are such a fucking scam. Just don't do it. Get a scholarship. Look at this. Look at Nebraska is 43% of the class is getting full tuition or more. <laughs> are you kidding me? You want to go the you want to go to the school and pay tuition when half of the class is getting full rides? Okay. I I don't see how that's possibly good for you, but you know. Yeah. Whatever. Um Well, this is a very small school. 104 JDs were awarded in the 2016 to 2017 year. Yeah, it is small. Of those 96 white Wow. Yeah. Nebraska is a very white place. This is a super white law school. Um, uh, okay. There you go. I don't know. I don't have anything more to say about that. Nope. All right. Next email. Yeah. Hi, Ben and Nathan. I'm writing to share the new LSAC project for which I received an invitation to participate. LSAC is testing to implement a web-based method for administering the essay section of the LSAT. Okay, so that's the writing portion that comes at the end of every test, if you didn't know about it. Um, This method will allow examinees to type their LSAT essay on a computer at home or elsewhere. The instructions to take the test requires downloading the remote proctor now. That's the name of the software. A software a lot like ExamSoft. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I think people use it pretty commonly in in school. I, I might have used ExamSoft in law school, actually. Hmm which proctors the online writing exam via the computer's webcam by recording the visual and audio aspects of the testing environment. Oh, my God. Wow, that's creepy. That is creepy. (laughs) I didn't realize they were going to do that. I thought it was just going to be like a virtual terminal thing, and it gives you the prompt, and you just type in the thing. But then, yeah, of course, you could have someone else do it for you. But this is now going to record the visual and audio aspects of the testing environment. Holy... Okay. This is going to be, by the way, this is going to be mandatory. Like everyone is going to have to do this. Oh, lovely. Okay. (laughs) Wait, so aren't they're going to a digital LSAT? Why, why do they need to do this other? Because the writing it's not, they're not going to be able to do the right. Oh, well, I think they want to decouple it. The writing sample from the, uh, digital LSAT. Maybe so that you can just take the whole thing on a tablet without having to have the keyboard thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. That'll save them some money. Did they do that at the at the digital LSAT trials? Did they yeah. have the writing sample? They had the writing sample. And it was and a little keyboard, a keyboard that plugged mm-hmm. into the tablet? Yep. Oh, interesting. With a micro USB port or whatever. Interesting. So, yeah, they, they're trying to save money on their bank of tablets that they're already going to purchase. I have one piece of advice for them. They could use all the existing testing centers <laughs> in the world. We've been giving this advice to them for years already, Ben, and they they don't seem interested. They're they don't not, listen to the show. <laughs> no, I don't think they do. We have not we have not penetrated the 
LSAC archives, the LSAC yeah. headquarters. Sanctum. Yeah. The Sanctum. Yeah. <laughs> we have, we have, although we have though, we have, we have, we, yes, yeah. we have, we have, well, cause uh, they, they, they did hashtag we listened. <laughs> yeah, no, that was not referring to us. Um, no, we, we, there's the, I forget his name. He was a nice guy. I talked to him on the phone. Um, they, some dude that they hired that's writing the, writing the test for them now. What? Yeah. I didn't tell you about this. No. Oh yeah. It was like a couple of years oh, ago. Oh yeah. He, oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. Go no, ahead. I mean, he, he, he reached out for, I, I forget the context of the whole thing. I have the world's worst memory, but he, um, reached out about something or other and we chatted and he was applying for a job, um, writing LSAT questions and yeah, he got hired. Oh, okay. So he's, yeah, hmm. I, I don't know. I, he's probably not listening to the show anymore. They probably block. I'm sure that boy, if anybody has all those restrictions <laughs> about <laughs> these things gotta... you can do online when you're at work, <laughs> if anybody has those restrictions, LSAC has, he probably has to go through a metal detector when he goes into the office. Um, so, so as he writes his questions, he has the audio, the visual and audio aspects of the, uh, it's his his, work the environment, environment is recorded at all times. <laughs> he also probably has to put his phone into one of those bags when he goes into the uh, into the thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The special secure electronic electronic bags. Mm-hmm. He, I mm-hmm. think he has to probably do that too when he goes into work. I'm sorry. Oh boy. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, so sorry. Aisha We're, continues. She yes. says, prior to beginning the writing exam, the software asks the examinee to take a picture of their idea. ID a picture of themselves and a room scan showing their desk space, walls, and floor. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> These people are so paranoid. Yeah, they really are. Okay. The software records the examinee until the exam is over. Or, or maybe not. <laughs> yeah, or it takes over your computer and never stops recording. <laughs> One of those. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. It disables that little light on your computer that says that it's recording. Yeah. And keeps recording you forever. But it doesn't matter because Zuckerberg already did that. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't we matter. Already, we already know that's happening. Yes. I found the software very user-friendly. Well, I wouldn't call any of that user-friendly. And I hope LSAC implements this method because it made writing the essay painless. Wow. Also, the LSAC compensated me for my participation by providing one free LSAC law school report. Okay. What's that, like $35 or something? 45 now. Oh, it's 45 Okay. P.S. Which is an unconscionably high number, by the way. Yeah. I mean, that's just unbelievable for the electronic report that they send out to a law school. Well, no, they do have to send that data over the internet, so that makes sense. That is expensive. <laughs> There's throughput on that file. Wow. All the- that email is expensive. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Those PDFs. They are, they're limited. They're, they're going to get, they get throttled by their <laughs> provider if they send too many of those. So they, have to, they have to upgrade their plan every time you do one of those reports. Well, they That's are like they tracking all these things about you. So <laughs> think about the throughput on this bullshit. It's a video recording 45 minutes or 35 minutes of you while you do this thing. Oh my. That's a, what, what's going to happen? A, are they going to watch it? They're not going to watch all of those. So then they, they have it, so obviously some software is scanning for what, what if your Intruders roommate walks that, in and then it's like, oh, yep. flag this one, cheater. Yep. Yep. You better not, your cat better not come and like jump on your head while you're doing it because it will be like 
Two cheating detective. Yeah. All right. So Aisha continues. P.S. I love your podcast, but your free LSAT resources even more. <laughs> I was like, what? I thought you were going to say something negative. <laughs> I love your podcast, but your free LSAT <laughs> but everything resources. everything else you do sucks. Yeah. <laughs> even more exclamation point. Thank you. That's so great. Your loyal listener and a Patreon. All right. Patron. Oh, did I say it right? Yeah, she misspelled it. She didn't put Patron. Oh, anyway. oh yeah. Patreon is the name of the platform. Yeah. Okay, Patreon. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah, thanks, Aisha. That's 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 awesome. I mean, I'm glad it's easier. I mean, that's I, I guess if it's easier, it doesn't. I I would personally rather just have it be part of the testing day and just get it all done with at once. Do it with a pencil and just do it. But I mean, law schools don't read the thing anyway, or very few law schools really give it too much attention. Ooh, now um, the law schools can read it and watch you write it. Yeah, now they can get so it's like you know those like jury selection people. Yeah, <laughs> they're <laughs> they're gonna like watch your facial reactions as you're doing it so they can determine they're going to be really pouring over this. They're going to be like analyzing your eye movements as you're doing it so that they can, uh, you know, really figure out what kind of a candidate you are. Hmm. Um, wow. Wow. I really can't believe a picture of the ID, a picture of yourself, and a room scan, a room showing scan. the desk space, walls, and floor, and then it's <laughs> going to record you the entire time. Well, just so you can't cheat, I guess. I, man, if you're cheating on the LSAT writing sample, you got bigger problems. You do have bigger problems. You're not going to make it through law school or as an attorney. Yeah, it's you have to be a paid professional writer. Right. But this the the LSAT writing sample is the easiest writing ty- writing assignment imaginable. I mean, it's so formulaic. You cannot possibly fuck it up if you follow the directions and if you are capable of writing just basic clear sentences in English. <laughs> if you read and write English, with anything close to lawyerly ability, mm-hmm. this is the easiest writing assignment you're ever going to do. Yeah. And you can watch a 15-minute video on either of our sites on how to do this writing sample, and you cannot possibly fuck it up. If you can fuck it up, then you are just clearly not a good candidate for law school. <laughs> just, this, is, this, is a, this is what we would call a bright line. Yeah. <laughs> At least on the downside. Yeah. It's like letters right. of recommendation. If you can't get a good letter of recommendation, then don't go. If you can't get a good letter of recommendation, don't go. If you can't do the LSAT writing sample comfortably, don't go. <laughs> what else? I mean, if you can't eventually get at least a 155 on the LSAT, don't go. Mm-hmm. If you uh, Eventually, we'll say if you can't get accommodations, don't go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, accommodations, like people, you, you don't, yeah, that's, that's like, can you follow the directions and fill out the application? Yeah. These days. So yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway, um, they are, they're changing the way the writing sample works, but the writing sample, you just really don't need to worry about. Okay. Um, next thing. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. What the fuck is this? Oh my God. Okay. Two people, uh, this is Sarah, I think writing, um, 
two people, Abigail and Crystal, sent in this good luck email they received before the September test. This is coming from Willamette University Law. Oh, my gosh. It says, good luck on the LSAT! Exclamation point. Don't forget your boost of energy before the test. And then we have... <laughs> what the heck? A giant image. It... <laughs> okay. Someone made this in Word... <laughs> Word perfect. Um... It is a an image that it it looks like someone from a this belongs in like the break room at an <laughs> elementary school. <laughs> yeah, you got clip art got, pumpkins, right? It, yes, it's got clip art pumpkins around the edge of it, and it says dissecting the PSLSAT. What the heck does that mean? I have no idea. I have never heard of this before. The dissecting the PSL sat. Okay. So that highlights, and by the way, PS is italicized and PSL is in orange white while SAT is in black, suggesting that this is somehow related to the SAT <laughs> PSL. <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with the university. <laughs> <laughs> what this, am I supposed to take away from this? I don't know. Do you think we can post this image? Oh, yeah, we can post this image. You can go in the email, actually. By the way, if you don't okay. sign up for our email updates, you should, because there are images in them and links. Yeah, and uh, the full notes from the show, which are delightful. Yeah, uh, thanks. Written by our man Adam. Um, so, <laughs> okay, dissecting the PSL sat which does make it look like they're trying to make SAT stand out since the SAT's in black. Which is confusing because there is a PSAT out there. Yeah, and also the PS, I don't understand why the PS is italicized and the L's not. And why they're orange. I don't understand why the L's orange and not... What? Okay, anyway. (laughs) It's got a coffee cup that says Willamette University Law on it. Okay. And then it's got ingredients. And so what this this is... is so funny. They want you to think about a pumpkin spice. Oh, P.S. for pumpkin spice. Duh. Duh. Because okay, it's a pumpkin spice latte. Mm. It's a, I mean, it's obviously a pumpkin spice latte mm. thing, but they mm. don't say, they just say P.S. LSAT. Like, do people abbreviate pumpkin spice latte frequently? <laughs> hey, can I get a, a venti P.S. PSL? This Are is- they going to know what the fuck you're talking about at Starbucks if you say that? <laughs> Is that a thing? I really doubt it. Okay, anyway. A PS Here's latte. Here's the recipe. <laughs> yeah. PS, yeah, can I get a PS latte? You sure, like yeah, no problem. Yeah, we got it. Acting all cool at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, here's, here's what's in the PSL sat. Ready? Mm-hmm. Two pumps of logical reasoning. Mm. One ounce of analytical reasoning. A splash of reading comprehension. A sprinkle of writing sample and zero grams of actual pumpkin. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) From your friends at Willamette Law, best wishes on Saturday's LSAT. We're rooting for you. Why do law schools do this? I, we're talking about them. I hate when people say that. Don't you hate when people say that? It's the most obnoxious thing you could possibly say. (laughs) (laughs) It worked. (laughs) 
Well, we're talking about him, Ben. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. Why did you say that? All right. Anyway, um, what? So, someone in the office was just like they were very excited about fall, and they were very excited about a pumpkin spice latte, and they had a. They were just like, I know, it's a brilliant. It's a brilliant image, a brilliant joke I had. Well, what 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 do students who read this take away from it? Is, is huh? Like, oh, the school likes me. I'm feeling a boost of energy from this. Yeah, it's like they're giving. They're they're just all they're doing here is giving the warm, you know that fall feeling, Ben. Mm. You know how the light just changes a little. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know how you just feel like you want to put on a, a sweater. Uh, I don't want to maybe like go for a little put on a sweater, but yeah. Okay. Go for a walk through the woods Mm -hmm. and notice the beautiful fall foliage. Mm, Okay. Yeah. And then you know how you also want to go get a delicious pumpkin. No, no, it's not. No, no. You mean the cinnamon beverage? (laughs) A PS latte. Is that what you're talking about? (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, speaking okay. of which, uh, so check this out. I just did twenty three and me, you know, uh-huh. and oh. they. Whoa! All right, shifting gears. Yeah. <laughs> well, this obviously relates. Um, Are you part pumpkin? I am part pumpkin. Yeah. Oh point, wow! Point one percent. No, I did open it up, and it said I'm ninety nine point nine percent European. So I was like, all right, well, that's settled. <laughs> <laughs> um. But okay, the point one percent was from somewhere in Africa, but um. The the thing that the, that this <laughs> reminded me of is that it gives you all these traits, and so some of my traits were like I do not have the muscle composition of an elite athlete. I was like, okay, thanks. Next, <laughs> um, but it did say that I would be likely to consume a lot of coffee, and so um, <laughs> you know. Anyways. That's, I just thought of that, that because of this. <laughs> is that true that you are? Do you consume a lot of coffee? No, I, well, I don't. But I, um, right. I actually, I did get some of this bulletproof coffee a couple weeks ago, and it's oh, you know, it's with the butter blended. Yeah, into it? with the butter blended, it, which you recommended even longer ago, mm-hmm. and it was addicting. I, um, I drank a lot of it. The only reason I'm not drinking it right now is it's freaking expensive. It's five dollars for something that looks like the size of, it's like i think it's just a cup yeah and i was i really liked it but i don't want to spend five dollars for something that i drink in about two minutes but <laughs> i did experience. consume it quite quickly and i was i could have had more so i was like maybe i am predisposed to just like consume <laughs> coffee or caffeine or whatever i don't know <laughs> oh my god okay um well, that is a beautiful email from... Thank you very much. This is exactly the type of thing that people need to send to help at thinkingelsat.com, by the way. Yeah. This is this is what we want to talk about more than anything else. We want to talk about these funny emails from law schools, and especially when they have clip art and they are making an awesome pumpkin spice latte joke. They were sitting there going, you know what? LSAT is almost like latte. Hmm. It has... Three of the same letters. Yeah. Yeah. Three of the same letters. Yeah. <laughs> so do most of the words. <laughs> P.S. has nothing to do with it, but we'll just go ahead and make 
And you know, and now it's even weirder that the L, oh, so it's PSL, that has to be in orange because of pumpkin spice latte. Sure, we're combining the three letters together, and then we're combining the four letters together. So, we're What gonna... is that called when you, a portmanteau? What? Portmanteau. Mo- portmanteau? Yeah, okay, I'm going to use that three times this week, because I've never heard that okay. before. Okay, what does it mean? This, is, this is, we're going into um, education corner now. Mm. A portmanteau is a word blending the sounds and combining the meanings of two other words. For example, motel from motor and hotel or brunch from breakfast and lunch. Holy shit. Podcast is a portmanteau, a made up word coined from a combination of the words iPod and broadcast. And that's where the word podcast came from. Holy cow. And I just learned something. As did all of us. Thank you, Nathan. You're very welcome. Well, thank you, Google. Um, but uh, yeah, the word portmanteau, it's an interesting thing. It's just when you combine two words together. So Wait, the that's word what portmanteau were... itself sounds like a word that is combining other words. Portmanteau? Like, does it have to do with the man's toe? No. It's ported? Yeah. It, yeah, it's it does have, yeah, but it's toe, T. E A U. Oh, yeah. So it's port man toe T E A U, which now makes me think that it's like got some French roots. Mm. It's also a large trunk or suitcase, typically made of stiff leather and opening into two equal parts. Um, and there's images of portmanteau, um, the luggage on Google as well. But um, the, yeah, I've only ever heard it as a linguistic term where you you blend so here give you a couple other examples uh or one at least smog um that's smoke and fog became smog got it Hmm. um so psl sat is a portmanteau of the abbreviation for pumpkin spice latte which i don't think anyone uses psl I, i mean unless i'm really missing the boat on that cool hip um abbreviation PSL. Yeah, well, we encourage everyone to go to their local Starbucks and just try it out. And order, yeah. Go order right now a Grande PSL and see if the barista um, hates you. Yeah, well, give them, a, give them a crusty if they don't respond properly. If they say what, you say, uh, what's up with you? Like, huh? <laughs> Would you say give them a crusty? Yeah. <laughs> what's that? That's what you I knew you were going to ask. I thought people knew that. Um, never, that's where you, that's where, you know, when you're talking to someone and they, they give you that look, like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Or what's your problem? Sort of look. They don't say anything. I would call that the stink eye or side eye, but I like give them a crusty. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's excellent. Yeah. Okay, great. Wow, we, we are just learning all sorts of new things here today, Ben. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so... That was delightful. Should we move on to the next next thing? Yeah, we should. So, okay. dear Ben and Nathan, thank you both for this podcast, and thank you, Nathan, for your books, exclamation point. They have proved invaluable to me, though I have to confess that I have only made it through 40 or 50 episodes. Peace, smiley face. Okay, that's still quite a bit. I started in May with a cold diagnostic of 151, took the June LSAT three weeks later, and got a 156. Not a big increase in score, but a huge increase in the percent of attempted questions right. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, hold up. 
Oh, percent of attempted questions right. So your accuracy went up. Good. It's a pretty big increase in total number correct, too, because uh, to get from 151 to 156 is probably like eight more questions. Yeah. Right? That's the thick part of the curve mm-hmm. where you've got to basically get two more yeah. questions right for one more LSAT point. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was more than that. Ten, ten questions, right? To, yeah. To move up five points at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. And I am now studying for the November test. I have a couple of Nathan's books, the 10 most recent real LSATs, and I'm taking bi-weekly timed tests. Wait, bi-weekly? I hope you're breaking those up. I've taken into sections. I've taken your advice to heart. I've slowed way down, and I'm missing only a couple of the attempted questions on the entire test. I'm currently scoring in the low 160s and I still have two months to get faster. I'm confident I can get up to 170 by November. My question is about the timing of my application. Is it wise for me to apply early in the cycle with my 156? No, knowing that I will be able to score 10 or 15 (laughs) points higher in November. This is such an easy question. The answer is a fat no. Um, The real question is, should I delay for one or two points, right? That Or two or three points, that gets a little harder. Should I wait until I've taken the November test to submit my applications? Yes. Surely, I don't need to wait until the scores come out in December. Um, no, I guess you... Well, I, I would just wait. I would get everything ready and then submit. Yeah, you, you do. You do have to wait until your scores come out. I mean, to submit. Because you don't want... Well, you have, he, he already has a score on record, so he could, in theory, apply. But then some schools might look at your application before your score comes out, and now they're looking at you with your 156, which would be incredibly unfortunate. My top choice school has an LSAT percentile breakdown of 159, 164, 166. So that's the 25th percentile the middle, and then the one, the 70, 75th percentile. So I'm worried that they will take a look at my 156 and move me to the bottom of the pile. Um, yeah. yeah. You're right. That's why you want to wait. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, this is very, very clear. You mm-hmm. don't apply until you have the LSAT score you want. That, that, that's score on record before you hit submit. Yep. So, and especially, oh my God, 10 or 15 points higher is just, you're not the same candidate. That's, that is not, you're not on the same planet. Applying with a 156 versus applying with a 166, like they're not going to even recognize you as the same person. Yep. So the, the, you could be a clear deny at a 156 and you could get a scholarship with a 166. And you do not want to risk them evaluating your application with that 156. So, Yeah, if you apply with a 156, you're kind of like that guy in Fight Club. If you apply with a 166, you're kind of like Hulk Hogan. So, Or, you know, the Incredible Hulk. Something has dramatically changed in your application. So, wait. this last That guy in Fight Club. Fight Club. Yeah, the, the guy who kept beating himself up. I forgot his name. Edward Norton? Yeah. You know, ironically, he also played... The Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But I guess you were talking about Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I don't know why I said Hulk Hogan, actually. That was stupid. That was just that was my mind crossing wires. <laughs> um, oh, you meant the Hulk. I meant the Hulk, but then Hulk Hogan came out, so I was like, well, I guess he's kind of strong, too. See, that's where my mind was like, well, which path, which neuron do you want to go down? Like, they're both kind Ed- of in the same place. Edward Norton's one of my best uh, L.A. celebrity sightings, by the way. He, you saw he him? Was, uh, yeah. You I didn't was at a, You're just saying that for the show. No, I was at the <laughs> coffee bean in Santa Monica with a friend sitting outside, 
and uh, looked up and Edward Norton was just walking in the front door. He went in and got his coffee. He was in there for five minutes or so and just walked out, went walking around the corner. <laughs> That's the time <laughs> that it was like, oh shit, that guy is a super great actor who has been in a million awesome movies. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, just our to- audience is like, who? All the 22-year-olds are like, huh? huh? <laughs> Edward Norton. <laughs> I hope they know who Edward Norton is. In your experience, is it better to apply early with a low LSAT and boost it later, or is it better to apply late in the cycle with a fantastic score? Let's just clarify this one more time. If you apply early with a low LSAT score, they are going to ask you, and they see that you're signed up for you know an upcoming LSAT, they're going to ask you, do you want us to look at your application now, or do you want us to wait until your next score comes out? And since you want them to wait, you tell them, I want you to wait. And now all of a sudden, nothing happens with your application. So it's as if you had not applied. So you might as well wait, get the score, and then apply to the schools that you actually should apply to with the score, whatever that is, once you've get once you've gotten it. Yeah. It, there's only two things that are going to happen. They're either going to evaluate your application with your shitty score on record, which is bad for you. Or they're going to just put your application off in the corner because they know you're taking it again. Yeah. In which case, you don't get any benefit of applying early. So there's no upside, and there is significant downside, which means don't do it. Yeah. And I mean, applying early is great, but it's maybe worth like a couple LSAT points. It's yeah. certainly not One worth 10 or 15 two. LSAT points. One yeah. to two. That's where it's like borderline. Yeah, if yes. And this is the time of year where we have to answer that question all the time, right? We got people who took the September LSAT and they're speculating about their score, which they don't really know anything until the score comes out, by the way. Mm-hmm. But they're speculating like, well, should I take it? Should I, you know, do I want to try to get my applications in early or do I want to retake it in November? And it's like pretty easy. Like, well, do you think you're going to score a few points higher in November? Yeah. And most people are like, well, yeah, I don't think I did the, my my best on the September LSAT. Okay, well, then you got to take it again. Yeah. You just you just got to take it again, and you just got to hold off on the applications. And don't, you know, don't try to, like, it's great that you were trying to be perfect with your applications and apply early, early. But um, the LSAT is going to trump. So you want to uh, just make sure you get that best score you can on record. I agree. It's kind of like, um, sorry, this random analogy came into my mind, but it's it's sort of like when you're at the grocery store and you're debating between whether you should get the green beans that cost a dollar thirty nine or the green beans that cost a dollar forty nine. Uh huh. You know, it's a stupid debate. It's just not a debate you should be having in your mind at all, especially when you then, you know, spend that time at the grocery store debating that, only to then go home. And quickly review a contract on your mortgage that's going to yeah. affect you. Or, hey, why not, in this case, your law school scholarship opportunities. <laughs> right. And give up all that money because you were consuming yourself with finite you know, financial decisions. You only have so much bandwidth in your head. You've got to direct that bandwidth to important big decisions. And when people are debating over whether they should apply early in the cycle or not, I feel like they're getting all caught up in things that just don't have that much of an impact. Yes, it's true if you apply late in the cycle, late, late, that's a problem. But the difference between applying in September or October or November, in my mind, it's like get the LSAT score, 
then apply sometime in that range. It's not going to make a difference. You got it in on day one. Like that's, that's not a big deal. Yeah. There's things that really move the the lever and then there's things that are, are, are useful at the margins. I mean, you also could just wait another cycle if it was, you know, if you really are going to insist on doing it perfectly, Mm -hmm. which (laughs) it's amazing how many like really killers do do it perfectly. Sure. Yeah. If that's your thing, if that's, if you're a Harvard, (laughs) you know, potential. Well, like, or, or NYU, like Allie. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that was like that was so that was so awesome when the the class in New York is asking my former LSAT student Allie about her applications. How, how did she do it? And she's like, "Oh, well, I applied on the day that the applications opened." Yeah, because she had everything <laughs> like, ready from the previous. Because I had everything ready. Yeah. I I just you know I planned ahead. Yeah, <laughs> it's like well, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a NYU killer who is now like a big time lawyer. Yep. So, um, yeah. So you could always just wait, um, JT, and just wait another cycle if you're really that worried about it. Yeah. Just don't go to law school in 2019. Go to law school in 2020 instead. Mm-hmm. Who cares? You'll have another year of freedom before you <laughs> get on the uh, rat race for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, should we do this next one? Yeah, let's do it. Hell yeah. Hey, guys. Oh, by the way, Ben, I'm going to start saying hell yeah all the time. Hell yeah. Okay. Yep. It's it's good. I like it. I'm gonna bring, I'm bringing it back. You're I'm, bringing it back. Oh. Yep. I think people used to say hell yeah all the time and I'm going to I'm I'm I've been saying it lately. I'm going to it's my new thing. Well, if you're going to do that, then I'm going to bring back rad. Oh, right. yeah. I've been on that for a while actually. I do like that too. We can definitely start saying that. Okay. That's yeah. I'm in on that one. All right. Okay. Hey guys. Went to purchase the personal statement review and saw y'all raise the price out of my range. Sad, but understandable given the service. Anyway, just want to leave my personal statement here in case you need something to rip to parts on the show. Would be an honor. Best, Luke. I like the way Luke is leaving out (laughs) the first word of his sentences. Yeah, (laughs) saves a lot of time. (laughs) Uh, But he gets away with it, right? Because it's like conversational. Sure. yeah. Um, okay. So, right. So we did double the uh, price of our personal statement service. Like we talked about on the, the top of the show. And that's just so that we could keep the quality up. Sorry about that. But, um, yeah, Luke, we will, we would be happy to, uh, destroy your personal statement. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> have to warm up. Okay. Water filled my lungs as I gasped for air. Whoa. What do you think about that? I don't know. I mean, already I'm thinking, okay, you're drowning. Let's, what happened? How is this related to law school? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So he's doing the thing of, you know, he, he's getting, he's trying to, to get you, he's trying to get his hooks in you, Mm -hmm. which I think he does here. Sure. Yeah. He's drowning. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm willing to give him one more sentence. One more. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But because I mean that's how you have to think about this. You you want to be thinking about it like am I giving them enough that they will continue reading this or are their eyes rolling back in their head slash are they going to sleep? Mm-hmm. But your reader wants to know why you are a good candidate for law school. Yep. <laughs> they want to know why you are going to kick ass at their school 
and be a successful attorney and donate money back to the school and raise the prestige of the school. That's what they want to know. So the fact that you survived drowning, you know, Mm -hmm. okay. All right, here we go. Water filled my lungs as I grasped for air, gasped for air. Sorry. I attempted to look to the surface to gauge how deep I was, but ended up with burning eyes. Hmm. Okay. What? Because of salt water? Because of chlorine? Because of the sun? What? Hey, I kicked and sorry. flailed as pan. Yeah. Quick, uh, just word note here. The word attempted means tried, and yeah. uh, tried is shorter and much more common. So I would always replace attempted with tried, unless you're using attempted as an adjective. In which case, I would. You could say the att- attempted number of questions. You can't say the tried number of questions. Mm. But if a, as, a, as a verb, I would say I tried. Always. It's a three-syllable word instead of a one-syllable word. Yep. Um, so it could be shorter. Uh, you know, I mean, it also could say, I looked to the surface. Sure. I mean, uh, you did look. Just, yeah, you did look. That's how you ended up with burning eyes. You know what I really hate here is the ended up with burning eyes. Ended up with, yeah. That's passive. Mm-hmm. Right? So instead of, like, what is it that burned your eyes? Mm-hmm. You know, the salt could get into your eyes. The salt could burn your eyes. But instead, now you ended up with, well, I ended up with, eh, just kind of what I ended up with. I don't know. It's like, (laughs) it's just a, it's a, it's like this vague passive construction. Sure. Um, I guess he was drowning. (laughs) Maybe it's not really clear about what happened. (laughs) Also, I don't really care about his burning eyes when he's, he has water in his lungs. Yeah. That's a big problem. It's like. Yeah, I don't I don't know that your eyes are going to really matter that much if you're dead. So, you know, like you're going to use some visine to get the burning out of your eyes, but you're already dead, so I don't know that it really matters that much. Anyway, I kicked and flailed as panic began to set in. I was lifted out of the water and placed on the side of the 7-foot deep pool passive construction because you're being lifted out Mm -hmm. rather than someone uh, you could have described a person lifting you out. My instructor. I was lifted out. Yeah. Uh, There I lay coughing and demoralized. This was the first day of my swimming lessons, not as a child, but as a 20 year old man. Okay. Semicolon, semicolon privileges have just been revoked. Oh, I didn't even catch that that was a semicolon after lessons. This was the first day of my swimming lessons. Semicolon, not as a child, but as a 20-year-old man. Okay, and you want to tell him why his semicolon privileges are revoked? Yes, so a semicolon is like a period, which means, uh, could you put a period here? No, you couldn't, because whatever comes at, what's coming after it here is not a complete sentence. Yeah. So you could do an M-dash. That would work. Mm. M-dash would be nice there. Mm-hmm. Okay, theme-wise, here's what I've learned about you. Yep. You learned how to swim when you were 20. <laughs> That's what we now know. <laughs> Took a paragraph. That was an entire paragraph, and I have learned 
You learned how to swim when you were 20. Actually, I don't know that you learned how to swim. We just, you started, or you tried. You, you took a swimming lesson when you were 20, and you almost died. Yeah. According to you. You had to be rescued out of the pool. Hmm. This is not a good first impression. This is not a good first impression. I, I see you literally flailing and sputtering around. You have burning eyes. You're coughing up water. You, this is you telling me a thing you don't know how to do. Yeah. How is that putting your best foot forward? Now, I know that you're going to get around to the reasons why you didn't learn how to swim when you were a child. And I'm anticipating a bit of like a sob story now, which is I'm not really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. I was a disadvantage, whatever. I didn't have swim lessons like the other kids. That might be where you're going to go with this, which is not really a story I want to hear. Not in your personal statement. I mean, maybe a diversity statement, but not in your personal statement. Or it's going to be this, like, I overcame these obstacles of whatever. But as obstacles go, not knowing how to swim isn't that huge of an obstacle. I mean, I get that you could have a phobia or whatever, but so. Yeah. And just what does it have to do with law school? And 20... As a 20-year-old, if this is when you're overcoming your phobia, well, great. But that's still early in college. I really want to know more about you now. So yeah, I'm, are I'm you, worried about this theme. Yeah. Are you 20 now? Because like, now, so, now I am picturing you as a drowning 20-year-old. Mm-hmm. Is that how you want me to picture you? Because that's what I have right now. That's what you've given me. You are a drowning 20-year-old. Do I want you in my law school? No. Okay. As a kid, oh God. Now we're going back in time. We need to be going (laughs) forward. Okay. As a kid, I generally kept my distance when it came to large and not so large bodies of water. I always preferred the sand to the ocean, semicolon, a chair to the pool, semicolon, a dock to the lake. I tried to take swimming lessons a few times at my community pool, but quickly quit after my first nose full of water and lackluster doggy paddle. The repeated failure to learn quickly turned into an excuse-filled justification of why I didn't belong in the water. After all, I didn't have a dire need to swim. Boats were invented for a reason. Humans are land mammals, and there could be man-eating piranhas out there! Exclamation <laughs> point. Wasn't expecting that. Nope. And although I tried to rationalize my aversion to the water, it still hung over me like a dark cloud. Unnecessary simile there. My inability to swim wasn't a daily problem. It was only maybe ten times a year that my lack of ability would come up. But every time it did, a wave of embarrassment would crash into me, and I would be reminded of something I could not do. That whole paragraph was about you as a child. We only have four or five paragraphs for this personal statement. And what we're learning about is something that was from the past. And if that's relevant to your personal statement at all, because sometimes it is, uh, it should be like two or three sentences tops. Yeah. Right. You put all this in one sentence. If you want to talk about overcoming, you know, learning and overcoming things. And I, you know, as an adult, I have learned to overcome things. Like, for example, I didn't know how to swim until I was 20 and I took swim lessons later as an adult. Yeah. One sentence. 
<laughs> like not, not two whole paragraphs. Like this is the entire, I mean, think about, they're going to look at this for three minutes. You know, they have somebody else who has equivalent grades and equivalent LSAT scores and equivalent everything else. And they would like to admit you, but they just have one seat for two people. Yeah. And they're reading this to get a sense of who you are. Like, well, which one of these is going to be a better lawyer? Okay. Well, I've read two paragraphs about this person and they don't know how to swim when they're 20. Okay. Next. <laughs> they look over to the other one and the other one is like telling some story about them as an adult doing something. Yeah. Well, I guess we're going to go with the adult, not the 20 year old child or whatever who can't swim. Yep. From my ineptitude grew an insecurity. This is not good. I didn't. Sorry. No, we're just like this, piling this on. This thing is awful. Huh? <laughs> I didn't like admitting that I was unable to do something I should have learned as a child. It would always be met with a puzzled face and a, what do you mean you can't swim? Question mark. Close quote. Period. Uh. Yep. You don't need that period there. Yep. You can just end that with a question. You mark never need a quotes. period outside of the quotation marks. Period. Yeah. Period. <laughs> and you're only going to have one form of whatever punctuation. Yeah. As this insecurity persisted, it formed into an unclimbable mountain that I was always looking up at. Okay. You got to you got to get off of these cheesy metaphors too. Mm-hmm. You got waves crashing into you. Now you have an unclimbable mountain. And dark clouds. <laughs> You got dark clouds. You got you got you got too many similes, too many metaphors. It just, dude, let's let's get back to declarative, simple sentences about you as an adult doing things. Yep. I want to learn about you. I did this. I went there. I saw this. I said that. <laughs> I made this. I built that. More of that. Less of this just fruity, cheesy, descriptive bullshit. Um, it made me sick. The unclimbable mountain that he was always looking up at. It made me sick. The summer after my sophomore year of college, I decided that enough was enough. I drove to my local YMCA and signed up for the most basic level swim class. I arrived on the first day of lessons, goggles in hand, and nervous as hell. Ooh. Careful there. Would you ever say something like that in your law school personal statement? Nervous as hell? Yeah. No. I would say that every day on my podcast. I would say that every day in my LSAT classroom. I would say that 0% of the time on a law school personal statement. I also wouldn't use the word kid. Yeah. Not that you should be talking about kids, but maybe children or child. But anyways. I was greeted by my instructor, who was no older than me, semicolon, and by my classmates, who ranged from four to eight years old. What is with everybody and their semicolons? I don't I feel like we get a lot of semicolons now. We talk about them. We talk about revoking privileges, and people are like, oh, okay, so that means I can use them. We said one time (laughs) that they were like, cool. (laughs) Yeah, we said that they were cool. Unfortunately, you do not know how to use them, so just don't. So, this is just a general ban on semicolons. The presumption yes. is that you should not use them unless you know what the hell you're doing. And even yep. when I think about using them, I often think to myself, these sentences are closely related to each other, but I <laughs> still can just use a period, so I'm going to use a period. The only, only time I use a semicolon is when the two sentences are parallel. 
And so yeah. then I want to highlight that parallelism by putting a semicolon between them. That's the only time I use semicolons. Was it Vonnegut that hated semicolons? I don't know. Um, You're also missing, by the way, the Oxford comma in this list of things. You say, I arrived on the first day of lessons, Google goggles in hand. You should have a comma here, comma and nervous as hell. Uh, Oxford comma is the standard in legal writing. So if you, by the way, have a journalism background, not necessarily you, Luke, but anyone else out there and you are opposed to or vehemently opposed (laughs) to the Oxford comma, stop now. All nine justices on the Supreme Court use the Oxford comma and everyone else does in the legal world. And for a good reason, it prevents ambiguity, especially in transactional drafting, which can cost companies millions. So just know now that if you're going to law school, you need to use the Oxford comma. And if you don't know what that is, Google it. Beautiful. Um, (laughs) Kurt Vonnegut, who's one of my favorite science fiction writers, um, has a famous quote. This is actually offensive. Uh, he's an old man, you know, and, uh, or I don't even know if Vonnegut's still alive. He wrote some really great sci-fi books, but, um, he, <laughs> I'm, I'm repeating, a, this is an offensive, uh, you know, close your ears. Wait, is this the sort of um, thing where you say, <laughs> bless his heart, but <laughs> you probably shouldn't say it. No. Well, so he, it's a funny joke mm-hmm. about, okay, you know what? Actually, I will omit the offensive part, which doesn't do anything anyway. So here's what Vonnegut says. Vonnegut says, first rule, do not use semicolons, period. Mm -hmm. They represent absolutely nothing, period. All they do is show you've been to college, period. Cool. I like it. (laughs) That's that's reasonable advice for our uh, audience. And I'm glad I took out the uh, unnecessary. He he made a very... um, very off-color uh, joke in there that did nothing. So okay. that has been edited out. Sweet. Because the larger point is, Vonnegut says, don't use uh, semicolons. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry. I lost, lost my place. All right, here we go. Back to, this, uh, back to this personal statement. I came to discover that I was the only one who signed up for the adult class, and there were no individual lessons available, so I was placed in the only available class, I was the Billy Madison of my swim class. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Please don't cite Billy Madison. Hey, uh, do we want... Do we want... Should we, uh, should we admit this other guy, or should we admit uh, the Billy Madison of swim class? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. By the way, that reminds me of Adam Sandler, and I just saw um, Spanglish. It's so funny. It's a good movie. I would recommend it. I've never seen Spanglish. Yeah, go see it. It was really funny. It was the one movie that Adam Sandler is like serious in, and it's actually hilarious. Okay. Um, okay. This is three paragraphs in now, and I still... This is what I have learned about you. <laughs> this is what I know about you. You didn't know how to swim until you were in college. You signed up for a swim class, and they put you with the kids. <laughs> And you now want to go to my law school. And I'm like sitting there going, I'm like, boy, if this was an interview, why do you want to go to my law school? Well, let me tell you about when I didn't learn how to swim until I was 20. 
And like, your your huh? law school <laughs> reviewer is probably very familiar with Billy Madison and thinking of that movie now. Like, yeah, now they now they are picturing you as I mean Adam Sandler <laughs> plays in a, intentionally a stupid person in like every movie that he plays. Yeah, except Spanglish. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Okay. Um, and now, you know, I mean, and oh, and by the way, it, it's also I know where you're going with this the entire time. Like I. Yeah, you're gonna tell me this amazing transformative. Uh, yeah, now you're you're. What's that guy's name? I already forgot his name. The guy who has all those medals. <laughs> Michael Phelps. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Stoner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Michael Phelps smokes weed. That's amazing. <laughs> He's like, oh, I have the greatest lung capacity of anyone. I'm I'm superhuman. Also, I take bong rips all the time. Yeah, that's me. I'm Michael Phelps. Hi. Hi. Um, okay. My initial reaction was to turn around and walk right out the door. I have to ask, wait, is this an indoor? Oh, it's an indoor pool, I guess. Yeah. Cause otherwise, mm? okay. After giving it serious consideration, I reminded myself that this was about learning how to swim <laughs> and not making excuses anymore. So I stayed. Our first task was to float on our backs, something I thought I could surely do. On my first try, I sunk like an anchor down to the bottom. Another, um, another simile. Yeah. Same with my second try and third and fourth. Oh, my God. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> My elementary school-aged peers moved on to the next lesson while I was still attempting to float. The feelings of insecurity and embarrassment crept into my mind yet again, but I was determined to persevere. God damn it. We're, we're now a full page into this personal statement. This is like just beating this dead horse into a pulp. Yeah. Hey, Nathan, sorry I'm laughing because the lawn people are here. And <laughs> we rescheduled this it. podcast to avoid your lawn people. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we might have, at, between my place and your place, we have like lawn services every day. We cannot find a day that does not have any lawn services. Oh, well, it's just going to be part of the show. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I stayed after class ended until I was able to float on my back consistently. A huge first step that served as a launching point. There's a metaphor that we don't need. My mindset had changed. I grew more patient and trusted that with hard work would come improvement. Oh, Floating lead to treading. And this, he needs that. He put L E A D there, which spell check doesn't catch, but he needs L E D. He wanted lead, lead. there. Floating um, yeah. lead to treading. Still, it's lame. It is. It is lame. Um, it's well, it's so boring. Cause it's like, yes, I understand the process of learning to fucking swim. Uh, wait. Oh, did you, did you do one lap? Then two laps. What was after that? Oh my God. Uh, floating led to treading, which developed into learning how to kick my feet. Yes, I know. I grew more confident with each kick and more comfortable with each second I spent in the water. Before I knew it, I was moving throughout the pool, head above water, 
with no panic occupying any part of my mind. You know what the next step's going to be? The next step's going to be you have to put your face in the fucking water and blow bubbles. That's the next step. Because right now you're dog paddling because your head's out of the water, dude. So you need to put your face in the water. That's the next step. But I don't want to hear about those next steps. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is like, I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point they have stopped reading your personal statement. Oh, they have for sure. They stopped after paragraph two, probably maybe paragraph three. The, yes. This, this is a, an excellent, excellent example of what you absolutely should not do in your personal at least, statement. At least you don't have any Chinese in here. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh boy. I, what is going on, Ben? I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. I don't... Where... Did college do this to people? Well, I was actually thinking about this as you read it. I feel like people are writing in with personal statements, and I feel like they sincerely believe that they've crafted something that is solid and well-written. And Like, I just need you guys to help me put the finishing touches on this. Yeah. And... The theme is way off here. The whole message is that I just screams incompetency. And I'm sorry. I'm not saying this was a challenging part of your life, but it's not a part of your life that you want to sell to anyone. Um, I understand that you're trying to sell this, the fact that you learn from this. But to me, this also seems like, gosh, I don't want to make gross generalizations, but I'm, I'm just wondering about this rising generation where everyone got a participation award and now they think that something like this is an accomplishment. Right. Yeah. It's this not. This is a major achievement that you learned how to swim when you were a sophomore in college. No, just the, look at yourself is, and say, okay, I should have figured this out a long time ago. I didn't. Now I figured it out. Great. Next step. What else do I got to figure out? Or yeah, I mean, yeah, and 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 whatever. I'm not judging you at all for not learning how to swim. Who cares? I, it's it's not relevant. <laughs> it's just not. It's just not something that I give any shits about. Mm-hmm. So, if you had mentioned it in one or two sentences as an example of the type of thing that you know, it, it, if you led in with like, I didn't learn how to swim until I was 20, and now I'm going to tell you why that's important. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like if you're going to tell me then why that affect, how that affects you now as an adult and quickly get into an adult story, then okay, then it's fine. Then that's like a factual detail about you that I'm, I would be willing to entertain. Oh my gosh. Sorry. I just, a page and a half about this is just Jesus. I apologize. I accidentally scanned down and I now see the phrase Michael Phelps. Oh, sweet. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you know, I was actually, one thing I was going to say was if this turns out that you're an Olympian, then, then I will, all will be forgiven. All will be forgiven. And we'll tell you to rewrite your personal statement focusing on that. Yeah. You need, (laughs) let's hear about your Olympics. Let's that'd be better than, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to try to get through this. Um, Swimming my first proper lap was intoxicating. Each stroke provided a sense of accomplishment and each breath was a reminder of my progress. It wasn't the most graceful performance and surely wasn't very fast. But at the end of that lap, I felt like Michael freaking Phelps. Don't use the word freaking in your personal statement. 
Yeah, d- freaking. freaking. Freaking with an apostrophe <laughs> there. <laughs> freaking. I felt like Michael freaking Phelps. Yeah, this, this is, hey, conversational is good, but like casual in a, you're just coming off like you're not taking it seriously when you do that. Yeah. I was rewarded with a plastic gold medal. One I'd imagine is slightly less expensive than Phelps's Olympic gold. But in my eyes, it was the real thing. (laughs) Are you hitting yourself in the head? (laughs) (laughs) That was good audio on that. Um, There's so many things I hate about that sentence. You want to go back and forth sure. about all the I, things sure. that are let's, wrong with let's that? Talk about that? One at a time. Let's is see it really slightly less expensive than the Olympic gold? You'd, he'd imagine it's slightly less expensive. Oh my That's God. like a he's making like a joke there. Like he's being jokey about it. Yeah. That's <laughs> probably not as a, it's a stupid joke. It's not funny at all. That's <laughs> probably not as expensive as a g- real gold medal. Har har on that. It's like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, how about the dash between less and expensive? Oh, slightly less expensive. Yeah, why? You, you need a noun that after a, that. You're, you're combining words and turning them into an adjective phrase that's not modifying anything. Slightly less expensive with a hyphen between less and expensive. Okay. Um, failed to capitalize Olympic. You would want to capitalize Olympic there, wouldn't you? I would think so. Okay. Also, the theme of oh, here's a, here's an advanced one. Um, Phelps's yeah. uh, name ends with an S. Oh, and so yeah, so it needs to be apostrophe apostrophe S. S. You can't just do S apostrophe. You have to do S apostrophe S. Yep. Anyway. Yep. Okay. Also, you are now telling me about a time that you got a plastic gold medal <laughs> after drowning. I want to know why you are a good candidate for law school and you are telling me that you got a plastic gold medal because you almost drowned when you were 20. You're going to give Ben a concussion. (laughs) Ben is hurting himself. I am hurting myself. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Please don't give Ben a concussion, everybody. Please, please, please don't do that. Wow, this is the end of the this is the end of the personal statement. I completed my swimming course and stood tall amongst my classmates who had done the same. <laughs> well, of course, because you're twice as tall as they are, because um, they're children, mm-hmm. and so yeah, you really stood tall yep. amongst your classmates. Imagining you now on the standing on the podium, <laughs> wearing your you look like Billy Madison. <laughs> you're standing on the podium. You almost drowned. You're wearing some dorky goggles. You're standing there with your plastic gold medal, and with kindergartners on your left and right. Here we go. This medal is proof that with hard work and effort, I am capable of accomplishing things I never thought possible. That is the end of the personal statement. I am dumbfounded. Oh, as am I. So Luke, I, I apologize on some level for being so harsh, but this is, is unacceptable. You need to man up and 
find something in your life that is more meaningful and write about that. Um, you need to stop thinking that this was some amazing accomplishment. I'm glad that it was an accomplishment for you, but uh, you got to focus on something else. I apologize as well, Luke. I really appreciate you sending this in. I appreciate you having the fortitude to to send something to us that you know. I mean, you you knew you know that we're gonna always rip it up like. We don't often like the personal statements that people send in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you might just be thinking, oh boy, these guys are like unbelievable, harsh critics. And, you know, but I mean, you, I, I think you genuinely wanted it to be better. I can also tell that you put some thought into writing this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's most, I mean, there are some editing problems, but it's mostly pretty well constructed. I think you, you did, put, you spent some time and some thought on this. And, and so I, I do apologize for, for saying that this is just complete. This needs to go 100% in the trash. The, this is, there is nothing salvageable from this. Yeah. This is not a good start. <laughs> this is a just, it's a complete false start. It's not, this is not a law school personal statement. Yep. Um, I, <laughs> it, it, so yeah, I mean, I the only thing I have learned about you is that you didn't learn how to swim until you were twenty. I'm actually not sure that you really learned how to swim that much. I mean, you got a plastic gold medal with kindergartners because you swam one lap with your head above the water. It's not like you developed a lifelong swimming habit, or you like started a swimming club, or you. I don't know. It's and and this this conclusory at the end. I am capable of accomplishing things I never thought possible. It's just like, boy, I would love to hear about those. Yeah, like what have you done since then? I mean, presumably this took place a couple years ago, at least. So what things did you do? Talk about those things. You don't even need to mention this. This was, um, as you put it, a launching pad or something like that, a launching point. Uh, or a turning point in your life. So then what happened since then? I'm hopeful that there were things that you've done and you could talk about them or things that you're doing now. I really like what Anne has to say when she says at any given moment in her life, she could write a personal statement about something new. There are so many different things going on in her life that she could write about that she's passionate about. She said that when she came and visited my class, she said that she had was preparing for a half marathon. She could write about everything that she's learned from that. Um, she had just sold her house and decided to move somewhere else, and there was a reason for that. She could have written about that. Uh, people need to stop thinking that the personal statement is some perfect thing that's going to embody your best characteristic it's just going to show us who you are and who you are is going to come from the things that you're doing now and that you're passionate about. Just pick something and start writing about it. This though is not something to write about. <laughs> you got to you got to tell me an adult story about you doing something in the world. You want to tell me that you're capable of accomplishing things I you never thought possible? You've given me at length one example of something that happened when you were 20. 
And as achievements go, I mean, I get it that you, you overcame a, a fear, you know, I'm not, I'm not like downplaying that. I, I get it. But if that didn't translate into you overcoming other more adult, more business oriented, more lawyer type fears, then I don't care. Yeah. Are we, uh, about time to wrap it up. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, by the way, for writing in. Again, you can uh, always email the show, help at thinkingelsat.com. We love ripping up these personal statements. I mean, it's it's fun for me to, to do this, so I'm I'm happy to do it. But um, folks need to start sending in some uh, some better personal statements Yeah. Uh, so that we can give some examples of what a good personal statement might be. Because, boy, we've been getting some, some bombs in here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that uh, was episode 158 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Thanks, all y'all, for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school. Thank you.